And I'm Nikki. And as part of our series on the pandemic, today we're talking about hope. I like this topic. I mm-hmm. um, um, Just the idea of the pandemic perhaps providing space uh, to reconnect, to perhaps evaluate priorities, to perhaps show us what we have or what we're missing, um, and to carry that forward as a great life lesson. I know, I, I, I just want to start off by saying I recognize that that's not everybody's experience in the pandemic. Um, but I think people, some people did experience that or pieces of that. Or moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I, I am a believer that moments shouldn't be discounted or dismissed. A, a moment um, has value. Mm-hmm. You know, I would agree. It, yeah, if you've ever felt inspired or uplifted in a moment, even if that moment is a bit fleeting and passes, that, ooh, that energy that you get when you feel uplifted um, can be very sustaining. Um, so I've, uh, I've heard of people finishing projects um, during the pandemic and having that sense of completion, um, a sense of kind of relief that part of their to-do list. I don't know if you're like me, but when I look around my surroundings and if there's something that's kind of half done, it sits in my mind. It's kind of a running to-do list that I'm very aware is not ticked off. (laughs) It's not complete. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, in just completing some of those things, perhaps it's weeding the garden or, oh, I've heard of a lot of people starting gardens, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The message of food reliance, food chains, supply chains, where we're getting things from, buying more local. Um, So that that's been kind of a theme in the pandemic. And so certainly um, there has been a lot of growing going on, personal growth maybe and garden growth. Yeah, yeah. And I realize while thinking of the pandemic and hope might seem contrary, right? they might not feel like they fit for people. I really, I really love the idea of taking something hard something challenging and finding the opportunity within it. Right. And I am not suggesting that that's always easy. No. And I think there's balance there too. I think you can be looking for the opportunity and you can be being open-minded and still you have to acknowledge that there might be, you know, grief around it or sadness or frustration it's not about denying one thing in order to have the other. It's actually about having both. Right. Do, you know, doing both. Where we're located, we have Dr. Bonnie Henry um, as our provincial medical officer. And uh, I know, especially when she's been speaking and she gets questions around people who are frustrated or kids who might be missing out on birthday parties or, you know, we have Halloween 
coming up as we're recording this. Um, and that might look different. Um, the, her message is, this is not forever, but it is for now. And when we get messages like that, it settles something in us. It's, it settles a bit of that anxiety and that clear space for hope. So, mm -hmm. and like you say, day to day, you might feel frustrated, sad, overwhelmed, exhausted. But overall, if there's an idea of hope or optimism, or even that things are going to be okay, or as she said, this is not forever, it is for now, then that brings in some of those counterproductive feelings. I, I don't know what group to call them. I, I say counterproductive, but certainly they have their place. I'm, I'm not saying things are bad, but um, I, I really like that kind of framing it up to give us that bigger, larger overview of hope. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And no, for me personally, something the pandemic did was um, put me outside more. Mm, yeah. Which I think, um, yeah, I think I really believe that uh, we're not spending enough time in nature. Yeah. That children are not spending enough time in nature. And so that was a huge gift for me. Just, I, you know, I almost felt forced. Forced might be too strong, but initially, um, you know, when I was at home and I wasn't doing much. So there was this beautiful day and I was walking more and even hearing that transmission is lower when you're outside, right. you know, visiting friends outside where maybe otherwise we would have sat inside or meeting someone for a distance hike, um, which I may not have done right. prior to the pandemic. Yeah. And there was a lot of, uh, I'm going to use the word peace yeah. in being in nature. Actually, there was, and I think, I think there's good science yeah. behind how being in nature is good for us, yeah. grounds us, connects us. Right. And we don't necessarily have to go out into nature with a mission or mm. with a goal to, yes, I must enjoy this nature <laughs> right. or... <laughs> Or I'm going to solve this problem on this walk. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you can take your awareness to the trees or how things blow in the wind or listening to the birds or the crackle of the leaves underneath or things like that, that automatically takes you into a different mind space without having, perhaps maybe you have the intent to do that. I'm going to go out and enjoy nature, but not the hard and fast must do goal. Just, um, just taking the first steps. I know a lot of time people have uh, trouble with motivation, right? Sometimes we think, I know this would be good for us. Um, but I'm just, it's maybe easier or something in that in that world to to just sit here and keep doing what I'm doing it's too much work to do that I'd have to put on my coat I'd have to do 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 but I yeah. think like you were saying it sounded like you were compelled to go into 
yeah. and, and perhaps drawn there. And so if we can kind of clear our own thinking, our own resistive thinking, and just put on the shoes, just put on the coat and just take the steps, then the rest flows from there. And the enjoyment flows from there. And even if you are feeling angry or upset, um, just being in nature and just moving, I would say as well, mm. um, it just provides an opportunity to release that and process that. Yeah. Yeah, I found that one of the things that the pandemic did for our family was just without without it being a direct exercise showed us what our priorities were ah. and I was happy to note that I already ha I was already kind of living some really satisfying priorities so oh great it was almost kind of like confirmation mm -hmm. oh we well, well where's some of them can you share some well, of them Sure. Yeah. Just that we had set aside time for family game night that um, when my husband goes and mows the lawn, my daughter often goes with him and runs along the side or um, takes a stick and draws in the dirt. So she often goes out with him during that mm -hmm. time. And so we're kind of including each other and connecting even through the most routine or seemingly mm -hmm. mundane, what we would call chores. Right. <laughs> um, and so that was that was a bit satisfying. I was like, okay. And and perhaps even that allowed us to maybe weather the the lockdown, shutdown portions a little bit better, knowing that we were already comfortable in that dynamic, knowing we already kind of had that dynamic set up. Um, I, I think one area where maybe we weren't uh, enjoying uh, as much was uh, in our eating. Um, we're very much lap eaters. We sit around the TV. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, certainly me and my husband growing up, um, um, you know, we had family dinners. We had dinner time. Everybody sat at the table. Um, usually in both of our families, we had the evening news on. So, and we would talk about it as a family, what we were seeing. I'm not so sure that that's possible. Given, I mean, a whole other topic, but given the news and media these days, that, you know, that might not be realistic. But my husband certainly enjoys sports. So there's often a sports game on. But what we ended up doing is sitting around with our meals on our laps watching the sports and so I think that showed us you know I don't know why the pandemic necessarily why at that particular moment we realized we weren't sitting at the table um, and then the other thing was just preparing our own foods like just how much let's say pre pre-bought sauce or even going out for meals or doing kind of the pre-prepared all you have to do is add water kind of thing and during the pandemic we did more of okay well let's have mashed potatoes instead of 
noodles from a box. Um, let's, you know, I think we were already eating a quite well-rounded meal, but I would say more processed and prepared foods. And we just started just really getting the bulk of our stuff from the fresh section. So um, yeah, fresh vegetables and preparing them, making our own flavorings and spices and sauces instead of squeezing it out of a bottle or shaking it out of a package. Um, and, I, and I honestly, yeah, as I mentioned, I don't know the connection, like why in particular the pandemic would have um, done that for us. Um, I guess as I'm talking, I'm thinking maybe because we were all in the same space and we all had that time and we just all wanted that. So maybe when we're busy in our lives, we just don't, um, well, obviously the just add water things is a convenience. And when you've finished your work day and mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's ready for dinner time, you, you know, certainly going for that convenience is, is understandable. So um, yeah, maybe that just provided us a time and we were all there and all on the same page, not coming together just at mealtime, but being together throughout the day so that we could discuss that and plan that and make time and space for that. So yeah, I, um, I was uplifted by those things. Mm -hmm. I can def definitely relate to um, the meal times and yeah, just taking more time to cook, taking yeah. more time to be a little more healthy. Um, I did a ton of baking. Mm, which even yeah. uh even though yes it was baking it was treats but even that to me felt different than you know picking up uh, my favorite chocolate bar or something right. that there was energy and time had gone into it yeah um i'll give a little shout out to stark raving bread who mm. through the pandemic did deliveries oh there um yeah a local bread baker in Isuk and be, you know, because markets were shut down, their normal selling venues were not happening. They decided to deliver. Right. And it was such a, a treat such. Yeah. I mean, food feeds us literally, but I think it can also feed us a little more metaphorically. Like, right. You know, does it feel like there's time and love has gone into that food. Mm. Yeah. And well, being a family yeah. that's, yeah, uh, we're, we're on the run a lot. Yeah. Our kids are involved in things. So there's often the, the subway dinner, the yeah. pick this up, pick that up. Um, yeah. There was a great gift in, yeah. Having time to prepare meals. Right. And yeah. Um, shifting gears a bit, um, I know that when there was first the, let's say, lockdown, shutdown, people at home, self-isolation, uh, self I guess, um, people were talking about the health of the planet. And, mm -hmm. you know, before the pandemic, there was news stories quite often that, you know, they would throw out dates we're reaching the the breaking point of the earth where the scale is going to tip so that no matter what we do, it won't be recoverable. Um, and those were kind of the, the doom and gloom 
headlines pre-pandemic. And as the pandemic hit, and of course, Asia um, was maybe where it started, and they went through a, a kind of economic and everyday life shutdown first, you know, they started to notice that the air, air quality with the factory shut down and less cars and people at home, uh, less cars on the street, that air quality was better. Um, and yeah, and they started to just measure that overall mm -hmm. the, the planet, you know, benefited from that. I would say the flip side to that is I am hearing that with all the disposable masks and PPE right. and things, there's a kind of counterbalance to that. So where the air quality might be better, the um, our garbage yeah. has gone up. Um, but it, it, it's also, I mean, it already was a, a focus. I mean, remember Greta Thunberg, she was a big influence um, and, and out there, we could see her, I believe, in the fall of last year, fall of 2019. Yeah, and, um, you know, world conferences, she would be on the news, she was meeting with people. Um, and so I think the pandemic uh, gave a chance to revisit that topic. Absolutely. And I, and I think it showed too what was possible. So, okay, maybe it's not reasonable to shut down our everyday lives, um, but look at what that benefit did. Look what that benefit did for six weeks of that. So how could we adjust our lives or adjust our manufacturing or adjust our demand or our supply chains, how can we get things more local? How can we have more local manufacturing um, so that there's less, let's say, air cargo and less pollution that way or ship cargo? Or, mm -hmm. um, so it gave people a chance to maybe see what was possible or think about things in a new way. I know a lot of business owners and industries just in changing to more online shopping or uh, curbside delivery or making appointments where things used to be just walking in. Um, even the directional arrows in stores or grocery <laughs> stores and, and things like that. Um, the sanitizing of grocery carts. So it just, it just gave us an idea of like, maybe what do we wanna keep going forward that's beneficial and maybe not that intrusive. I, and I'm not saying all of those are equal or that they are all entirely things we would want to keep, but it gets us thinking about that. Absolutely. And I'm wondering too, it would be great. I would love to hear people listening to the podcast, what their little gifts, their silver mm. linings of the pandemic, if they feel like emailing those to us. Yes. I would yes. love to hear those. And we'll give our and email I think address at the end. Yeah. Yes. And sharing those, even if you're on social media, mm -hmm. I think it's worthy to use some of those platforms for, for hope and positivity and sharing the good. Right. And I think too, as much as, as much as people can, to recognize that when other people are sharing their positivity, that that doesn't have to create inner judgment for you or um, 
you don't have to necessarily get down on yourself if that's not your experience or if you weren't able to incorporate that. We're human. We all have unique circumstances and pressures and priorities and we all have different support systems and access to even different people who are available to help us. And so trying to just take positivity as it's intended, as something uplifting, um, as just, hey, there's there's something good happening. And, right. um, and if it's not working for you in that particular way, that it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be upset, but perhaps just knowing what's possible gives you a bit of hope. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about, within our challenges, pandemic or other challenges, I'm wondering what, what opens the door to see an opportunity? Hmm. What, where is the difference between getting overwhelmed, um, feeling stuck, um, just maybe not, you know, not really being able to see past that immediate event or emotion? Yeah, I what wonder, is it that we need? Yeah. What comes to mind for me is um, how dire something is and whether your needs are being met. So your basic needs. I mean, if it's around that you don't have enough food to feed yourself, I don't think you're going to be in a space, in a mind space to perhaps not to see the positives or the possibilities or the opportunities. Um, when you're scrambling, um, perhaps if you're a single parent or if your time is split in so many ways, if, if your children have kind of demands on your time, if your work, if your um, relationships, uh, I perhaps would see that as maybe harder to bring that awareness in around the positives. But I think if your needs are being met, I think if you have support and connection. I think that's I think, a big one. Yeah, I think that opens more space mm -hmm. to, to be able to look at things with a positive lens. I mean, it's not impossible when you're struggling to. Certainly we hear stories. We hear inspirational stories in media and talk shows and, and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, even local news, right? Like they try and shine a spotlight on positive or empowering stories. And certainly people can be in the most dire and horrific circumstances. I mean, even if we think of war and, yeah. you know, if we think of Anne Frank, right. Um, and still seeing the positives in humanity. Um, but it's certainly more challenging when you are challenged and overwhelmed. I would I mean, that's been my experience. Yeah, absolutely. And so it seems to me 
there's a baseline of maybe needing to feel safe. Hmm. Yeah. If whatever the challenge is, is not directly threatening your safety. Right. You can find opportunity. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know if that rings true for everybody, but as you're speaking, it's just sort of, I find myself thinking, so yeah, if you're feeling safe. What do you think the role of, like, if you perhaps have a naturally pessimistic lens or just a naturally optimistic lens, like, I wonder if just your, your general thinking and what you've been taught to think Mm -hmm. perhaps Mm -hmm. limits you in that way too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would think so. And so again, we've mentioned this in other, um, other pandemic podcasts, but that's a great point. So however you approached life in the beginning or pre pre pandemic is probably how you continued to approach it. Right. Yeah. So if you were looking for opportunities or silver linings or feeling grateful it was probably easier for you to carry that through the pandemic. Yeah. If you already, yeah, had the lens of life is hard and I might not have all the skills I need or I barely make ends meet, you probably carried that into the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. And so that kind of circles back to your question is, is there any way to open yourself to positivity, to opportunity, to possibility? Yeah, I'm. Not I don't know sure if that I have a definitive answer yeah, for that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. That might be an individual journey or work, or um, you know, perhaps for somebody that grew up in a family where. The message was, you know, you work hard all the time to barely get an inch ahead and and then you pass away. I mean, if that was the message, perhaps you need to be shown something else. And I think the pandemic has provided space to perhaps have an awareness around things. But if, if that's not what's in your world then that space doesn't really matter. That space could be filled with more overwhelming things. Mm -hmm. Um, So perhaps that's a connection with somebody who sees something differently. I wonder if maybe that's the key. It's just more conversations, more diversity, exposing yourself to more points. More diversity. Yeah, the beauty of diversity. I like that. People who think different, people who have different jobs than you, people who have different family dynamics than you, people who came from different circumstances. Yeah, make a different income, came from different circumstances, uh, different ages, different genders, different health, different different health. Yeah. 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 And so that's what I kind of like. um, I, you know, our, our systems are far from perfect, but. I guess I do tend to um, try to look for those silver linings too. And that's, and that's what I kind of like about our education system is I do think there is a move and a general 
flow towards diversity, um, towards talking about things. And I think too, um, I think coincidentally during the pandemic, there has been a rise of social issues. I mean, I, I, I say coincidentally because I think they could have happened at any time. I'm not, I don't think it's pandemic connected, but it just happened to happen at the same time. Um, and it just shows us too that I think you could be sitting in a power seat, whatever that is, whether you're the boss, whether you are Caucasian, whether you're a man, whether you're wealthy, and um, I think just listening to other people, and then also not telling telling the person that's in the struggling experience um, how it's okay, or right. or like. You know, the person in the power seat doesn't get to decide when it's over. It does. They don't get to decide when they've heard enough. I think it's that person who's struggling and trying to get the message across. So, you know, even in a work dynamic, you know, even if you're um, entry level employees or your ones on the front lines are telling you something and you're in a higher position. I think those people in the power seats, they're really being called upon now to really open up and listen and let the people who are struggling tell their complete stories. Right. Um, and so just, yeah, circling back around, that's what I love about what I'm seeing so far in our education system is really listening to voices, involving people from communities, making schools a larger community. Um, going to the local fire halls, going, welcoming uh, First Nations groups to talk about their experience and their culture. Um, and so that gives me hope of our younger generations having more expanded views just to begin with. Mm -hmm. Well, and you're reminding me of something that I find I say to parents all the time is to ask questions. Mm. Um, ask lots of questions so and I think that applies to what you were saying um, and you can try to notice your own language patterns like do you make more statements or ask more questions and maybe in in finding opportunities or silver linings you need to ask questions yeah and um, I think we're kind of all familiar with the idea of um, maybe cherry picking information or mm -hmm. waiting till we get the answer that we want, but challenging ourselves to truly be open to hearing the information and just sitting with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so sometimes we go, well, okay, this person said that I am doing a good job or right. know, something like that. So now my ears are shut off. I heard what I wanted to hear um, instead of, oh, but I could improve in this area or I have a blind spot over here. Because, um, yeah, that can be uncomfortable. That can be, you know, it can feel hurtful, even if it wasn't intended hurtfully. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
genuinely, genuinely wanting to hear what the other person has to say. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> and in just, if, if that is your intent in your approach, how validating is that? You're going to get, you're going to get so much more information than just looking for confirmation of your own point of view. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So genuinely asking questions and wanting to hear the answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Asking questions of yourself. And being willing to hear the answer. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we're in big trouble if we go there. <laughs> now we're rocking the boat, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that can be tricky. There, there can be some personal accounting there that mm -hmm. not like how it adds up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so as, as we said, there can be growth and possibility and opportunity there that if you're oh, absolutely to look at yourself yeah you could shift things for the better mm -hmm. to give yourself more comfort more ease to stop resisting in a in a certain way or, or a certain area of life so imagine that imagine if you went through some uncomfortableness in the in the kind of uncovering but that led to even more peace and positivity mm -hmm. yeah freedom more choice mm -hmm. more confidence mm -hmm. you know if you're willing to look at something and then it it turns out well or you grow from it or you're even if you're humbled by it but you learn something wow you took matters into your own hands and you were able to handle it mm -hmm. I mean that that builds confidence and a sense of security so Yeah. yeah, perhaps, perhaps that's an opportunity of the pandemic is space to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, oh, there was something I, I, I lost my thread somewhere, but that possibly opportunities, you know, it seems to me we're talking about them as very um, uplifting, fun, easy. Mm -hmm things like let's look for all the good things yeah maybe yeah maybe maybe the good thing is getting uncomfortable ah mm. <laughs> mm. maybe that yeah. is the good thing yeah and that makes me wonder too um what we how we label something what we say to ourselves in those moments affects whether it's uh hear a little bit of feedback there um affects whether it's positive mm -hmm. or upsetting mm -hmm. so like you say if you had an uncomfortable message or or let's say the learning was learning how to be uncomfortable and the thought or the message or the labeling of that for ourselves is, well, this is no good. Right. It's uncomfortable. That goes into the bucket of how we label not good things. We don't want them. They're not comfortable. They're not for me. I want to mm -hmm. get through them as quickly as I can. But even in that challenging lesson, 
if you then label it in your mind of, I made it through that. Mm. That turned out okay. I got something from that. All of a sudden, it goes into a different bucket with different connections. Mm-hmm. Just how Absolutely. you label something. The, the very label itself comes with connections and messages in our mind. So if you're able to even just put a label on it, that was worth That was uncomfortable, but that was worth it. Yeah. Putting it in that worth it bucket creates a whole other sensation around it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would offer up the challenge for people even before that, before deciding, you know, what bucket, where to file it, notice, notice what happens when you get a challenge or, um, yeah, some feedback that isn't you know, quite comfortable or what you'd hoped for, or when things are hard, what's, what's right behind it for you? What are the thoughts that are right there? I don't deserve this. Why me? Um, Oh, this is going to turn out terrible. Or is it, Oh, you know, here's another opportunity. This is going to be hard, but worth it. I'm going to have to dig deep here. Like, yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. We just associate all kinds of associations happen in the blink of an eye. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it can be valuable even to bounce it around with a friend because sometimes (laughs) you're a lot of times your good friends can keep you accountable in that way without judgment, um, without making you feel bad, but just go, Hey, did you know that you're doing this? (laughs) Did you right. know that you just called that positive or negative? Sorry, but I wonder if maybe it could be positive. Mm-hmm. And 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 that kind of goes back to support too. I, I I think it would. I think it's easier to be positive with support. I, yes. Or if you got that start in life, if those were the messages you heard, and if you have the support around you that reflects that positivity back I think that is a stronger opportunity for positivity yes but of course it's not it's never impossible no no yeah and so there's that link again through all of our (laughs) pandemic podcasts you know about change about being uncomfortable about giving ourselves permission to to change, but also to feel how we feel. Opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe that's a good place to leave it for today. And um, as always, uh, if you have questions or comments about this topic, we'd love to hear from you. And we'd love to hear about what your gifts were in the pandemic or your positives or your lessons or your growth. And so you can send all of that to Liana and Nikki at gmail.com and that's L-I-A-N-A-A-N-D-N-I-K-I at gmail.com. Thanks for listening in.